You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear, your host. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, grow brand awareness, and create better content. Now, sales and marketing are two peas in a pod, or at least they should be, because when sales and marketing are not on the same page, that's typically not a great thing, and it makes everyone's life just a little bit harder. But when sales and marketing are aligned, good things tend to happen. So my guest today is Greg Michio. He's owner and strategic director at Windbound, which is a B2B digital sales and marketing agency. And Greg is on the show because he's created this really interesting concept called Digital Twin. And Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it. So let's jump right into it. Tell us sort of the story about how you started your business and where this digital twin concept comes from and what it is. Okay. I'm going to take you back to about, I think it was about 2015, right? After I just uh, started Windbound, we'd been around for a year or so. And this was a moment uh, when I got a call from a client and the client told me they didn't want to do business with us anymore. And this had actually been happening with the last few clients. And this is never good news for a, a new agency, a young agency, but it was particularly poor timing for me personally at the time. My family had just made this commitment to move from our cozy little home outside of Madison, Wisconsin. And we sold our house. My wife quit her job. and We were going to move with our teenage daughter, who was a dancer at the time, we're going to move down to Chicago where she could pursue her dream as a dancer and get dance training. So we had totally uprooted our life. And unfortunately, my wife had quit her job. And so everything was on me to produce and to be the primary breadwinner. And suddenly my business was tanking. And Jeremy, I hung up the phone and I lay down on the carpet and I curled up into a fetal position. And I just <laughs> laid there for a minute and wondered what I was going to do. And I think it was ever since that point, we really realized this how important leads, results, generating new business is to our clients. And I think sometimes as marketers, we're a little, little further removed from that. And I think that kind of immediacy you know, really hit home from that day. And, you know, I've never forgotten that moment. And what I feel like is that a lot of both sales and marketing people are kind of running into that fetal position moment. Mm -hmm. On the sales side, salespeople have relied on cold calling and trade shows and dropping by prospects, buildings. Those avenues are closing. And customers are moving to what I would call, you know, we talk a lot about sales territory. I would say customers are moving to the digital territory. And that's an area that not a lot of sales people are covering. So they're getting very nervous. On the flip side, marketers are suddenly getting called out in the carpet because those leads are more important than ever. So that combination of things is happening. And, you know, we really focus in the manufacturing sector. We can work with any B2B company. 
But in focusing our efforts there, we, we ran into a lot of manufacturers. And manufacturers are very sales-focused companies. A lot of them don't even have marketing departments. You'd be surprised at how big some of these companies are. And as I assessed their needs and thought about marketing and realized how much they need marketing, it occurred to me one day that what they needed was they needed to use online content to create a digital twin of their sales team. So what that means is in manufacturing, a digital twin is a digital recreation of a product or a process. And so with manufacturers, a lot of them have vir virtually no digital presence. So they, we can use content and kind of create what those salespeople do online in that digital territory. That's a potential strategy for them. And now we're not replacing any salespeople, but when customers are searching online, that your company is there with a sales presence. That's such an interesting concept, the digital twin of your sales team, right? And it speaks directly to kind of marketing and sales alignment. That seems what's really driving this concept. So what does that look like? Give us a couple examples. Sure. It's funny because when I heard that and came up with that idea, it was really just kind of a way to try and bridge the gap between marketing and sales and talk to these sales-focused people. And when I usually explain it, they get the concept and then it kind of makes sense. But when we then started to apply it to our actual marketing approach, what if we were going to kind of model our content marketing and our, all the marketing efforts that we do after a salesperson, we really started to think about what is involved in the sales process. And we started all the way from the strategy to the execution. And started to really read a lot of, I'm a big, you know, I love reading business books and big marketing ideas and sales ideas. Started to read things, especially the, the challenger sale, the number one method for complex sales. And read things, you know, like neuroselling is one I've just finished up as well. And started to apply that to the model. And it was amazing how well it lined up. Um, for example, on the challenger sale, we could apply that methodology and develop our whole content marketing approach around it. And then on the execution of the content, we just followed basically the mantra of the salesperson, the business model that's been around for salespeople forever. People will only do business with you if they know you, like you, and trust you. So then we, we assign content to those different stages, the know you content, provides insights, addresses customer problems, uses that challenger sale to show them how to do business in a better way. The like you stage, we try and bring best practices to light and help them identify that, what, what we like to say, but create kind of a pain calculator. So mm. show them how much pain they are in sticking with the status quo versus the pain of switching to a new solution and showing them that it's far less painful to switch to a new solution than to stay in the status quo. So that's the like you content and then the trust you content, case studies, personal stories, trying to make emotional connections. Like I just started out the uh, podcast with and building that into your content and your approach to try and build that trust 
and generate leads that way. And it sounds like this is content that also would kind of map onto different segments of the sales funnel. Yeah, that's our sales funnel to us. It's those three mm -hmm. stages. And if we can get them down into that trust stage, that's when we can turn them into a lead that's really pretty well educated in terms of what your products and processes are and what your company is. So they are ready to go with the sales team. Now, the thing is, Jeremy, about this, where the sales and marketing alignment comes in is that we start out at the strategic level. You know, we base a lot of what we do on the challenger sales approach. And to do that, we really need the buy-in from the sales team. And we really mm. work with them carefully at the strategic level. So then they're totally on board with what we're doing and we're getting the kind of leads that they want. And there, there's a number of different things that you can do for sales and marketing alignment. You can set the same goals. Your number is my number. You can definitely communicate much more often. But ultimately, what we're trying to do, there was a, a study done quite a while ago, but I still think it's relevant today by the Aberdeen Group. Businesses that are, have sales and marketing alignment, those that are in alignment, they can usually increase revenues by 20%. They did a study of a, a large group of, of businesses, B2B companies. Those that are out of alignment can lose up to 4% in revenue. So, mm. so just think about that. If you're not in alignment, think about all the money you're spending on marketing to produce these leads that come in that sales doesn't want. And that's mm. where you can yeah. see how you can slide backwards if you lose that sales and marketing alignment. So just to close the loop, back to the idea that getting out there into the digital territory with your digital twin, it's not enough to just be out there with content and just hire a marketing firm to just generate a bunch of content and get you out there. It's not going to work unless you know, you're in sales and marketing, you have sales and marketing alignment. And when those leads come in, they're ready to be closed. One thing you said that I think that sounds crucial to this whole, to, to this whole process is said bringing, getting sales on board, I think is the way you put it. And I take that to mean that you include sales in the content process, in the content creation process, at the very least get their input in what the content should be. Right. What are the problems people are, are facing? What are your insights? How do you sell that? How do you sell it to them? How do you address these challenges? Jeremy, as I'm talking through this, you're probably like, oh, that seems pretty obvious. That seems, you know, and it is, you know, but it's really mm -hmm. just trying to line things up correctly and get the communication going back and forth and getting sales involved with that process, getting there. Okay. Honestly, they're not going to trust you though, until you show them the leads. And, and once yeah. you start to bring in those leads and their quality, that's when you start to take it to the next level. But it's really, I feel it's really on marketing's, marketing has to reach out, marketing has to instigate this. And it's not enough for us to just say, hey, sales won't close these leads. Um, you know, I'm telling you, and you know this, I'm sure Jeremy, but for my days curled up on the carpet, you give me a good lead, I will close it, <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. salespeople, they want something that is going to work for them and that they can close. I get everything about the long-term sale and things like that, but 
we have to do everything we can to get them quality leads that really have good potential for them. And I think a lot of that onus is on marketing. And that's kind of why we've changed our approach to really be that sales structure to support sales and really focus on the leads. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there is a clear hierarchy. I mean, marketing exists to serve and enable sales, I think not the other way around. At the end of the day, that's what marketing is for. As you said, to deliver one way or the other, really the kind of leads that are closable. Yeah, I think somebody said it very well. You can have a company without marketing you can build a company with a sales team. Yeah, At least that was the case five, 10 years ago. I don't know how far you're going to get now with that approach. It can be done. You're going to stay small. You're not going to scale. I just kind of view marketers and salespeople in two different ways. The marketing people, we're messengers. We love to craft mass media messages. We're good storytellers. But where we don't excel is maybe in the one-on-one relationships, in the interpersonal mm. contact. And I think that's where the salesperson takes over. <clears throat> and that's what they're good at. They have that kind of emotional intelligence and the ability to communicate one-on-one much better than most of the marketers. So I, I just think mm. those two forces can work together. That's a really interesting point, right? At least traditionally, it's the salespeople who are the specialist in that one-on-one getting to know people one-on-one, which is the ultimate form of building trust. Right. Like that's the whole point. To The whole point of putting all the content out there is to get prospects to the point where they are ready and willing to have that one-on-one chat with a person, to get into that space. But interestingly, I wonder if the thinking on that is shifting a little bit insofar as, at least like on in places like LinkedIn and like some marketing and sales blogs that I read, I've definitely read some stuff making a case for, you know what? Marketers should be talking to prospects too. Marketers need to develop that skill, if only to be able to create better content, because what better way is there to create messaging that's going to resonate with prospects than talking to the prospects or or even your existing customers who once were prospects, right? And just asking simple questions and writing down exactly what they tell you and then saying that back to the market. Marketers have to become better salespeople. Salespeople have to become better marketers. It's just that simple. That's something that seems very much like in transition that still I think there are a lot of companies where there's a lot of hesitancy to let marketers talk to clients or prospects. It's like too many cooks. We don't want to muck it up. Or salespeople might be hesitant. Ooh, you're, don't mess with my business here. You might say the wrong thing. Yeah. It's funny, Jeremy. I think people talk so much about LinkedIn in terms of being an influencer and getting people to like your content and follow you. And nobody talks about what happens after you get the like, okay? Mm. What do you do then? And I am just amazed at like how few people actually then look at who liked it and try and reach out to them and set up a meeting and just talk to them. Just talk. Mm. Find out what they're all about, find out what they're trying to do and pay it forward. See if you can help them out. That's a big thing that I like to do on LinkedIn. It's a great way to network. And I'm telling you what we do at Winbound is, you know, it's really hard to build a company page and try and generate like really good one-on-one community building things like Mm -hmm. that. 
But what we try and teach the salespeople, if we get in and train them, is that this is not a lead gen tool. This is a referral building tool. And mm -hmm. use LinkedIn that way. Use the content that your marketing team gives you to start to create uh, those, those conversations and make those one-on-one yeah. -on -one connections. And then take it offline. Take it into a Zoom call. But take it that next step, get to the interpersonal relationships because yep. that's where it all happens. That is so crucial and such a great insight. And I, I totally personally relate to that. I've been on LinkedIn for a few years trying to do stuff there, but it's only really within the last, I'd say, four or five months that I came to that conclusion as well, or I finally was ready to hear it that, yeah, once you start building, getting some interaction you got to talk to people one on one. Well, that's how you, which that's how you met me, right? Yeah, it, it, exactly. Exactly. We interacted a bit on LinkedIn, and I and now because I'm in this new mode, I'm like, hey, I'm going to reach out, DM. Thank you for commenting or whatever it was, or I liked your. I think it was I like your post. That's really cool. Yeah. Hey, I have this podcast. Maybe you'd like to come talk about that on the podcast, right? It's not a transaction. It's not selling anything. It's just like you said, just getting to know someone, maybe offering a little value. Right, exactly. And now we've met, I'm like, man, Jeremy's got a great podcast. You should listen to this. He's also, he's a podcaster. It's a service he offers as well. You're on my list as someone to pass along. And I mean, that's how yeah. business works. Yeah, 100%. And everyone knows that, right? Or everyone at least would agree with the statement that business, at least in the B2B world, it's all about relationships. Yeah almost to the point of cliche, but it is true. And it is kind of funny how a lot of people on LinkedIn maybe are not doing that quite yet, like not taking that extra step because it does take time and effort. And maybe the psychology there is like, well, if I'm just talking to somebody like that, why, why am I spending my time that way? Like I need to hit my numbers. I don't have time for that. But I think you're right. I mean, it's part of a larger strategy and you, you just need to have time for that because ultimately that's what's going to bring in business. I mean, you're going to see somebody's content. You might get somebody to like it, but the trust happens when you build that meeting offline. I'm telling you, those referral networks really work. And especially if you know who is an ideal referral network for you. And if you can pay yeah. it forward, my favorite book still in sales is The, the Go-Giver, which mm -hmm. is all just about paying it forward and doing favors for other people. Jeremy, when I, mm. I pulled back on my LinkedIn, my methodology, and I've got a blog post about what I do and the strategy, and my sales pipeline shrank. I really wanted mm. to see, I mean, the only, sometimes the only way you can tell if your marketing is really working is to stop doing it. And yeah. it really did shut down the kind of amount of contacts and my actual sales pipeline. Wow. Well, no better, no better proof than that. Yeah, right. That that LinkedIn or whatever platform works for you, like being active on it, how it's it really does work, even if it's but it's not like necessarily an immediate return. Yeah. You can't just go on LinkedIn for a week and expect tons of business to come in. It's a, it takes a little time to to get momentum and connect with people. But yeah, I'm firsthand. I am seeing how this pays off if you stick with it. Oh, good. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Greg, we, we could go on and on. I feel like there's so much more we could discuss, but for now, we'll, we'll end it here and maybe we'll do a part two at some point. Sure. But for now, how can people connect with you 
On LinkedIn, I assume, is one really good way. Right. On LinkedIn. Feel free to check our website out, windbound.com. Follow the blog there. We publish monthly, try and get an in-depth blog post out. This month, I'm actually, that story I started with, I'm going to get in a little more detail on that. So I'm looking forward to putting that post out. But it's it's windbound. It's not wind. It's win, like you're going to win the game, bound. For a little play in the inbound thing. Uh, little marketing there. Yeah, there, there you go. That's good copywriting. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, awesome. So we'll put a link to Windbound and to your LinkedIn on the show notes so people can easily connect with you. And thank you so much for a great conversation. Really enjoyed it. No, thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.